Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 51 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I'm your host, Luke Halgerson. Been gone far too long, but we back again. No more month hiatuses. <laughs> been away for way too long, but we are back. Let's get right into it. Sports has been a plethora past few weeks full swing of the nba season march madness has begun nfl free agency has been a frenzy uh, we're going to discuss all those things today but first things first nba action we're at the point in the year now like 30 games left it's time to start discussing who mvp is that's right we're already past the all-star break it is time so i'm going to break it down who my top five candidates for mvp are at this point in time, here on this beautiful March 20th of 2021. First, the guy at the top of the MVP ladder, the guy sitting on the throne, the true king, LeBron James. Now, needs to be noted today, he went down with an injury in a game against the Hawks. Guy rolled onto his ankle. He's getting the MRI done. Fingers crossed by the time that a couple days have passed, everything is okay, and there's nothing to worry about, and he comes back in a week or two. Fingers crossed, speedy recovery for LeBron. But at this point in time, he is the MVP of the league. His teammate Kyle Kuzma said the other day LeBron should have about 7, 8, 9, 10 MVPs, and he's absolutely right. It is ridiculous LeBron James has only won four MVPs when he's definitively been the best player in basketball since undebatably so, 2011. Ten years of dominance, and he only has four MVPs. Oh, and he won a couple MVPs before that. So he's won one MVP uh, since 2000, what, 13? That year with the Heat? That's the last one. It has been way too long. LeBron, for sure, is the best player in the league, putting up the best stats. I mean, is he leading the league in scoring? But no, at 36 years of age... Still averaging 25, 8, and 8. It's unheard of, the longevity of this man. Frankly, as of today, this has been the really biggest injury scare he's ever had. Yeah, he hurt his hamstring back in, what was that, 2019? But 2018, 2019, when he first went to the Lakers, only played 55 games that season. But as of this point in time, LeBron, he's still the best player in the league. He's definitely the most important to his team's success, especially Anthony Davis has been out as well. Anthony Davis has been out since Valentine's Day. He hasn't played in a while, and he's kept the Lakers afloat. They're, what, game and a half back of the Jazz for the best seed in for the best record in basketball in the top of the Western Conference? And that's where LeBron has put this team. As of right now, since they lost to the Hawks, they're two and a half back, and they're tied with the Suns. So right there, 28 and 14. LeBron James still getting it done. He's at the top of the leaderboard for MVP. And number two is a guy who I've watched a lot about. Of, there are three teams that I've watched the most this season. It's been the Lakers, it's been the Trailblazers, and it's been the Mavericks. Those are the three teams I watch the most consistently. And at number two on the MVP, Damian Lillard. 
The Trailblazers are 25 and 16. The Western Conference is tight, but they are only five back of the Jazz. Only two and a half back of the Lakers. They're at the sixth seed. They're tied with the Nuggets right now on a three-game winning streak. Look, Damian Lillard, he's carrying his team very similar to how LeBron James is. C.J. McCollum, Yosef Nurkic have been out for some time. C.J. finally came back from injury, but he's missed three months of basketball. And Damian Lillard has kept this team towards the top of the Western Conference. He is sick. He can make a shot from anywhere on the floor. Second leading scorer in the NBA at 30.6 points a game. (laughs) Automatic from anywhere on the court. Oh, he's also giving you eight assists. Oh, and chipping in five rebounds as well. He doesn't miss from the free throw line. Every time he shoots, I think it's going in. Him and Steph Curry, I'm like, oh, wherever they shoot it from, it's automatic. It is going to go in the basket. It's sick. And it's really because this Portland Trailblazers team, they've struggled through injury, and Damian Lillard has kept them right there. He's hit game winners. He scored over 50 points a few times. Guy's an absolute bucket. Absolute bucket. And he's keeping these trailblazers competitive and who can hopefully make a little bit of a run. Succeed right now, tied with the Nuggets for the five seed. It's going to come down to the wire here in this Western Conference. And Damian Lillard at number two in the MVP ladder. At number three, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, I, <laughs> I got to say, Nikola Jokic is number three on the MVP ladder as of right now. I, like I said, he's the best center in the game. Jokic, is, he's probably the best passing big man ever. I, he's averaging nine assists a game, and he's seven feet tall. He throws dimes like point guards do. It's incredible. He, makes, he can shoot from anywhere as well. He's averaging 27 a game, shooting 56% from the field, 42% from three, 86% from the free throw line. That's what Jokic's production is. His per is 31.66. And again, winning ball games. They're getting after it. They're winning a lot of games. They're doing that thing. They do have a solid team. You know, Murray is a really good player. I like what Michael Porter Jr. does for them. You got some solid guys, but Jokic by far leads the way for them and continues to show what he showed last year. Best center in the game. All around. He is incredible. Uh, I got to give it to him. Really talented. I think he is better than Embiid. I, I really do. Embiid might be a little better of a defender because he's a little more athletic, but everything else, give me Jokic. Now, with, with that being said, at the four spot, I got Joel Embiid coming in at number four on the MVP ladder as of right now. I talk about leading scorers in the league. You know, Joel Embiid is hurt as of right now, but he's averaging 30 a game. 30. 30. And giving you 12 rebounds, also giving you three assists as a big man, pretty solid. He shoots 52% from the field, 42% from three. These big men nowadays can do it all. Every, all the top big men. Just look at them. From Jokic, Embiid, Anthony Davis, Every one of them can do everything you need them to do. Make a shot. Go down on the block. Rim protect. Pass. Distribute. They do it all. Everything. They're good at every facet of the game. And that's why I got to give MB credit. Now, he is hurt. 
So that's why I had him dropping in these rankings a little bit. He, he you know, he got hurt last week, but it, it's a bone bruise. I'm always concerned for Embiid when it comes to injuries, but I, I got to give him credit. He has been dominant this year. Currently, 76ers top of the Eastern Conference, one game, half game ahead of the Nets, at uh, 28 and 13. So Ben Simmons has managed to keep them afloat while Embiid's been gone, but. MB, I got to give him credit. That's why I put him at number four. He's been ridiculous. Uh, unstoppable. He's an unstoppable force for the 76ers. When he is healthy, y- you cannot stop him. He can literally do everything on offense and does a great job on defense as well. So Embiid at four. And at five, the Greek freak himself, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Look, Bucks are still one of the best teams in the league. Does he not? He still has a lot of flaws in his game. He can't shoot from the outside. He's got to make free throws more consistently, but it's still Giannis. Still averages 29 a game, shoots 56% from the field. That three-point percentage is at 30%, but he, he knows what he's good at. He's good at getting to the basket, making it difficult for, on the interior. And I only shoots 67% from the free throw line. But he's still giving you 12 rebounds a game, six assists, one of the best defenders in the league. He won Defensive Player of the Year for a reason last year. He's unbelievable at it. He just needs to man up and guard guys. Got to make the outside shot. But what is he, only 26? He's still young. I'm still, he's still got time to improve and get better. So I think he will develop that outside game. But as of now, like, look at the Bucks. What are they, third? Third in the Eastern Conference, 26 and 14, a half game back of the 76ers. So they're right there with the Nets as well. And it's because of Giannis. Uh, Drew Holiday's been hurt. You know, Chris Middleton is very inconsistent. Brooke Lopez cannot do anything on the defensive end anymore and struggles to make shots. Um, I like the signing of PJ Tucker for the Bucs. It really improves their defense, three ability to shoot the three. Uh, I like that that group of four right there, if everyone can stay healthy, of Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, and P.J. Tucker is pretty nice. And if Brooke Lopez can be somewhat serviceable, Bucks can really make noise this year. And it's because of Giannis. And he's been the back-to-back MVP. Got to give him some credit. He's been ridiculous. Um, it's what he do. It's what he do. He's unstoppable. There's just a few guys in this league. Every single guy I just named that's on the MVP ladder that I got here of LeBron leading it, then Dame Dalla, then Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, every single one of them are unstoppable. Every single one. There's a few other guys in the league I would include on that list, but it's a topic for another day. So that's my MVP ladder and uh, basketball. It's in full force. Now, some guys I will say I snubbed. Um, some guys who definitely deserve some credit. If I were to continue to go in with my list, I just need to throw these names out there because they have been unreal. Chris Paul. I would put Chris Paul as sixth in my MVP voting. Look at the Suns. What have the Suns been the last few years? Terrible. Lottery. All the time. Devin Booker has been the one shining star there, and it hasn't twinkled too bright considering how bad they have been. And it's pretty much putting up garbage stats on a bad team. But he, I, I do like Devin Booker. But Chris Paul, everywhere he goes, he wins. He is a, he's a game changer. He's a culture changer for an organization. Everywhere he's gone. And I've never been that 
big a Chris Paul fan, but I will give him some credit here. In New Orleans, when they were the Hornets, made them competitive, went to the Western Conference Finals one year, uh, or did they only make it to the second round? Either way, Chris Paul did well, better than expected, with the New Orleans Hornets. And then, oh, he's going to change teams. He, As a matter of fact, the Lakers tried to trade for him, but him and Kobe would have been too good, too good that the NBA refused to allow it to happen. <laughs> Chris Paul should have been on the Lakers, and we would look at him very differently. But he changes teams. Goes to the Clippers. Remember? Lob City. Now, they did underachieve according to everyone, but I also think that Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan were not that good of players and got were looked at as way better because of Chris Paul. Chris Paul is that good. He can make those. Now, they were athletic freaks, and Chris Paul found, you know, found them for easy dunks all the time. I mean, that's why it was Lob City, because of Chris Paul. He literally created that. Yeah, the guys were dunking, but it's because of Chris Paul's playmaking ability and their culture. Of course, they underachieved for sure, but Chris Paul made them that. And then goes to Houston, makes it to the Western Conference Finals, comes within one game of beating the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. Comes within a game. Chris Paul gets hurt in game six. The Rockets were winning and then Chris Paul got hurt, and then they lost the next two games. What would have happened if Chris Paul was healthy? You never know. You never know. And then he doesn't – James Harden apparently doesn't want to play with him, even though it's the best James Harden has ever done in his career is playing with Chris Paul. For whatever reason, James Harden didn't enjoy that kind of success. So Paul then goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're picked – to be one of the worst teams in the league at some point, even to trade Chris Paul, what does he do? Carries them to the playoffs. Forces a game seven against James Harden and Russell Westbrook last year in the bubble. Chris Paul and some cast-offs from Oklahoma City. Shea Gillis-Alexander is a nice player, but who, Steven Adams? They had no one else after that. Chris Paul carried them that far. And then now with Phoenix. This is what he does, changes cultures. So that's why I got to give him some credit for being, and this is, of all the guys, this is the longest tangent I've gone on because it needs to be said, and I'm not that big a fan of him, not that big a fan of Chris Paul, but I will give him some respect. And then also, who I said Chris Paul went against and was his former teammate, James Harden would be the second guy who I would have, you would consider a snub for my MVP voting. I, it's still James Harden. Uh, what is he? He's leading the league in assists. They're allowing him to run the point, and yet he's still... Now his scoring has stepped back a bit. He's only averaging 25, but he's averaging 11 assists, 8 rebounds, 47% from the field. I mean, it's still James Harden. Now, granted, I didn't consider him that high because he plays with Kyrie Irving, plays with Kevin Durant. Yeah, Durant has been hurt, but I still think... He needs to get credit where credit is due. I mean, he's had some games where he's put up like 25 and 20 on assists. I mean, it is sick what the, what that Nets team is doing. Fun basketball to watch. I just can't stand any of them. <laughs> can't stand any of them. But I will give James Harden credit. He's been good. Brooklyn, they're in second in the East, half game back. 
you know they're going to be dangerous come playoff time, obviously. I mean, still James Hart, I'll give him credit. He's won an MVP before. Definitely, definitely would deserve some votes, so that's why i got to include him at seven. Now, other than that, those are really the MVPs right there. I don't really consider anyone. I know we love to throw names out there and be like, oh, Jimmy Butler should be in the MVP conversation, or Steph Curry, as of right now, should be in the MVP conversation. And it's like, no. Those guys are not contributing to winning like the other players that I mentioned before. Like Winning matters. Yeah, the Heat are in fourth, but they're 22-20. and 20. With the Warriors, they're at the ninth seat, 22-20. and 20. I, Winning matters when it comes to voting for these MVP awards. It, it matters. It's the reason Derrick Rose won an MVP over LeBron James. That's, that's what happens. Because guys are difference makers. They... They matter to winning the most. That's what the MVP is. And that's why I have them in that order. So there you go. Moving on, topic number two. NFL free agency has been a whirlwind. And a lot of things happen. I mean, apparently there's a two-day period where you can tamper and sign deals before they can become official. It's very, very odd to me. But that's when all the deals are made in those two days, and then they become official. It was just crazy the kind of news that we were happening. But what I want to talk about, I'm just going to talk about three deals that went down, and we'll we'll break some other down. But I want to talk about some quarterback changes, or at least quarterback signings that have happened in the NFL. I'll give you the three most intriguing to me at this point here in the offseason. So first, we've got to talk about my Chicago Bears. Signed. Andy Dalton, to a one-year, $10 million contract. Oh, boy. This organization. You know, I, I come in with low expectations for this reason. For reasons like this is why my expectations are never too high on the Chicago Bears. I'll always be a fan. I'll always support the team. But I'll never go in believing my team can actually compete for a Super Bowl when we have a management that is this incompetent. Pace is one of the worst GMs in the league. I like Nagy as a coach. Have they, they've never surrounded him with the right pieces on the field to be able to really produce and make some things happen. Yes, the Bears have made the playoffs, but undeservably so last year. They started 5-1, and one, then went on a 7-8 game losing streak and squeaked into the playoffs. And then the, uh, another year they made it with, what was it, Trubisky's rookie year? Yeah, we saw how that went. Our defense carries us, and we've never been able to figure it out on offense. And it's because of the front office led by Pace. Adam Pace, I believe his name is. Either way, he's an idiot. He should have been fired yesterday. Oh. Bears were apparently had a chance. First of all, Russell Wilson, while he didn't ask for a trade directly, he said, if I were to be traded to a team... Here are, some four, here are four teams. One of those teams included the Chicago Bears. The Bears, Russell Wilson considered going to Chicago like a good idea. And the Bears apparently tried to make a trade. They tried to give up three first-round draft picks, another draft pick, and then two starters. Uh, they were going to give up a lot. And apparently the Seahawks didn't go for it. And then the same day that that's announced that the Seahawks don't go for that, the Bears go for Andy Dalton. 
This is what Pace, this is who he has signed since becoming general manager of the Chicago Bears. Who remembers Mike Glennon? <laughs> That's right. Mike Glennon was the first quarterback. Well, three years, $45 million. How'd that pan out? Mm. Not great. Then the second move he does. Moves up in the draft to tr- for Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. This is what he decides to do. Even though he would have been there at three. But the Bears moved up to get him for no reason. And how'd that pan out? One Nickelodeon MVP award? <laughs> it, he... He has shown some flashes. I'll give Trubisky that. Some. But he is way too inconsistent to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Didn't pan out at all. And that's why he signed with the Buffalo Bills to be Josh Allen's backup. But being on the Bears, he was terrible. He was absolutely dreadful, and the Bears did not believe they they could win football games with Mitch Trubisky. Then, (laughs) last year, the Bears decided to make another move at quarterback bring in some QB competition for Mitch Trubisky. Who do they trade for for no reason? Who was probably going to get waived? Nick, big dick Nick Foles. That's right. The Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. How'd that work out in Jacksonville? Because it worked out slightly better, but awful for the Bears. He stepped in, had a couple nice games, but was his inconsistent self never showing that he can actually be a true starter in the NFL. It just... And now, now we come to another year of another mediocre quarterback, and he signs Andy Dalton. Wow. The list of quarterbacks I just said, how much more average do you get? The Bears haven't had a good quarterback since Sid Luckman. What was that, 70 years ago? 50 years ago, it's so long, so long, so long. It's been, it's been embarrassing. It's been embarrassing how bad the quarterback play has been in Chicago. Never been able to figure it out at the quarterback position. Now, I uh, will say this about Dalton. He is the best of those four guys that I mentioned that pace is sign. I'll give you that. As far as the numbers consistency goes... He went 4-5 and five last year with the Dallas Cowboys. They weren't very good, but completed 65% of his throws. Threw 14 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. It's not awful. It is not awful. So that's why I'm not... I don't think the signing is terrible. But just for what the front office continues to do and the decisions that they continue to make of who they're bringing in as quarterback is just... It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And now, again, I don't think Andy Dalton is terrible. He is not a bad player. He, he's a winner. Now, Cincinnati didn't win a lot of playoff games, but he at least made it there. He's 74-66 overall and has two ties, incredibly. You know, he could, completes a good percentage of his throws. Look, he's never going to be at the top of the passing charts, pa- top of the TD charts, but if he can be somewhat serviceable, The Bears can do something. Show some level of consistency. Now, the offense is still not going to be there, but it's another year of 9-7, 8-8, and and the front office hopefully 
losing their job. It's, it's time to move on. This is it. This was the home run move to keep your job pace. Andy Dalton. I, I don't believe it. Why do we think? As a Bears fan, it just (laughs) gets tough sometimes. It gets tough. So again, expectations, people. Expectations. If you don't, if you don't have that high expectations, you can never be that disappointed. So, go Chicago, go Bears, the Bears. Second QB signing that I want to talk about. Mr. Cam Newton, the former MVP, re-ups with the New England Patriots. Now, New England Patriots made a lot of signings. So we'll kind of talk about them a little bit because it does involve Cam. Bringing back Cam for another year, up to $13.6 million is the contract. Very incentive-based. Cam Newton, another year of let, uh, I need to prove the doubters wrong. And I, always how it works. Year two in a system under a coaching staff, he will be better. Now, we also got to remember, he's still one of the most dynamic athletes in the league. He was fourth in the league in rushing touchdowns. He was better in the last nine games of the year. He was more consistent. And the Patriots, they went out, got him some talent. They did something for him. Belichick realized, look, I'm not that good at drafting skill position players. I draft guys based on need. Brady carried us on offense. He realized he needed to go make some moves and pick some guys up to make something happen. Signs Nelson Aguilar. Uh, he's a decent player, two-year contract. Kendrick Byrne, he played for the 49ers. Again, a pretty solid receiver. And then they signed the two best tight end free agents um, this offseason. Uh, Hunter Henry and Juno Smith. More smart decisions. Brought in a bunch of offensive linemen, made some additions to the defense. Bill Belichick this offseason spent more this offseason alone than he did the past 10 years in free agency in the offseason. One free agency day, he spent more money than he had the past 10 years. Incredible. So that's the reason I like this Cam deal and why I want to talk about it. I think the Patriots will be better, and I think – he was the best decision for the Patriots. Jared Stidham's not the answer. And again, being in the same scheme with the same coaches, bringing in some nicer talent, Cam Newton will be better. He will be better. Josh McDaniels is a good offensive mind. It's still Bill Belichick. The reign of terror is still there. He made all these moves in free agency by bringing in these guys because he saw Brady go to another team win a championship. Belichick needs to prove he doesn't need to win Super Bowls to prove that he's that he didn't need Brady. He needs to keep his team competitive and in playoff contention. If he can continue to be in the playoffs, possibly win playoff games, then he will say, no, I didn't need Tom Brady. Yes, I do need a superstar quarterback. I need someone who's really talented to be able to win Super Bowls, as every team usually does. But he's still the best coach ever. Um, needless to say, but it, it's a nice signing. Again, what better option do they have? What better option do they have? They had to go with Cam. Had to go with Cam. There's not a lot of free agents on the market who are worth going after that or an upgrade over Cam Newton. There just aren't. Big fan of Cam, too. I want to see him do well, and I think a system like New England can allow him to thrive. He's a good player. 
He needs more respect. The Cam man can, and I believe that they can make the playoffs next year and be a double-digit win team with all the talent they brought in. Again, Cam Newton showed he can still get it done. Just needs to be more consistent. Just needs to get healthy, stay more consistent, and he can do it. So I like the Cam man signing for the Patriots. And then the third deal we got to talk about, Mr. Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys got paid four years, $160 million. God damn, that's a lot of money. Dak, let me hold a dollar or two. Sheesh. He whiz. It's the second highest quarterback contract in NFL history. Only behind Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott secured the bag. Maui, wowie, does he put the Dallas Cowboys in a sticky situation. Dak is a good quarterback. I, I haven't been his biggest fan in the past. Didn't think he was that great. But when it comes to talent in the league, he is a top 15 quarterback. I would even be willing to allow people to debate he is top 10. I'm okay with that argument. He's been consistent. Um, Before he got injured last year, he was leading the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. They weren't winning games, but that's because they statistically had the worst defense ever, ever. But Dak is still a really good quarterback. And when you have a franchise guy, is Dak at this point a franchise quarterback? Yeah, I'll say Dak is a franchise quarterback. He is good enough to win a Super Bowl if you put the proper team around him. I'm willing to say that. But at this point, with signing this contract, with already having Ezekiel Elliott making a lot of money, Amari Cooper making a lot of money, Jalen Smith making a lot of money, the Cowboys have uh, have put themselves in a bit of a predicament. Now they can't pay an offensive line to protect Dak. Now they can't make a defense to stop teams from scoring. Like, that's what these quarterbacks don't realize. Look, for Patrick Mahomes, he's going to go down as one of his greatest quarterbacks ever if he stays healthy. There's a reason Kansas City locked him, him up for as long as they did. Dak, $40 million? I, li- I like Dak getting signed long-term, but giving him that much money? Come on. I'm sure he dug his foot in the ground and was like, hey, I'll walk. And I'm sure some other team would be willing to pay this amount because that's the amount. Rumor has it that Jerry Jones did this because he knows that the NFL is going to sign a big TV contract and the salary cap is going to go up in the next couple years. So this Dak Prescott deal might not look too terrible on the books when the cap goes up. That's the word on the street. And we know the Dallas Cowboys are the wealthiest organization in sports. So it is very possible that Jerry has this inside rumor. But it's going to be tough for them to really, really compete for a Super Bowl. Frankly, they got to win their division. I don't even know if they're the best team in that division as of right now, even with securing Dak. And that division is not good at all. I like Dak getting signed. But to this much money, it. why do you think Tom Brady wins every year? He takes a pay cut so his team can surround him with talent for him to be able to win Super Bowls. A lot of these guys are in the mindset, I want to get paid. 
And I guess, yeah, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for generational wealth and to change things, if that's how you want to go about it, okay, uh, I'm for you securing the bag and doing that. But don't then complain and wonder why Tom Brady wins Super Bowls year in and year out. Why, don't be shocked when he, his team is still dominating because he takes a pay cut. These guys could take notes. Don't take as much money, and they could surround you with talents. And that's why it puts Dallas in an interesting spot. Can they really compete for a championship? I don't believe so. So, Cowboy fans, enjoy being 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6. and six. That can get you double-digit wins, but you will never truly be that competitive. So, again, expectations, people. Always have expectations with your team. Don't get sucked into thinking you're going to win the Super Bowl every year because it ain't happening. For a lot of you teams out there, take notes. Take notes right now. So those are the big quarterback signings that have happened. We'll break down more free agency as time goes on. So more topics for another day. So stay tuned for more episodes. But we're moving on. Topic number three. March Madness is in full swing. And the madness already has begun in this first round. I expect nothing less that it would be absolute mayhem. After the first day, only 5 million brackets were accurate after like five games. And that would be because of Oral Roberts knocking off Ohio State, the 215 upset, only the ninth time in March Madness history a 15 seed has ever upset a two seed. Incredible. Uh, the way Ohio State was playing, definitely a shocker. A ton of people had Ohio State going far, and it. I had them going to the Sweet 16. I had them losing to Arkansas, but I thought they were going to do a little something. The way they played all year, the way they played in the Big Ten um, conference tournament, it looked like they were going to do something. But Oral, who could tell me where Oral Roberts is? If they didn't already know without looking it up, where would you guess Oral Roberts is? <laughs> really think about it. I, I would have no idea had I not looked it up. I, it would never have come to my mind where this school was. Oklahoma. Of all places, Oklahoma. I had no idea. When was the last time they won a, a conference, a March Madness NCAA tournament basketball game? 50 years ago, 50 years since they won in the NCAA tournament. Just absolute mayhem. This is, it's, why the conference, it's why the March Madness tournament is so successful. It's because basketball is on for 12 hours for four days, and it's on for an entire month. It just goes it's in a very exciting, compelling tournament. You always get the upsets. Games are on all day. You can watch it at work. You know, just throw it on on the TV while you're sending out some emails, making some calls. It, it's just a beautiful time of the year when it comes to sports. And March Madness is it's still a spectacle. So my unpopular opinion from another episode, you know, March Madness will always have its place. It'll always be around. It'll always have some success. Um, but... You know, there's still, mm, it still doesn't have the same flair that it used to. So dying probably would have been a better way to phrase it. But I've enjoyed the tournament. 
the tournament has been great. As far as the, the sides of the bracket that have been completed, not including the games today. So the South region has already, uh, the games have already been slated for the next round. That'll take place tomorrow. We got Baylor against Wisconsin. Um, we got Villanova against North Texas. As North Texas, a 13 seed, had an upset against four-seeded Purdue. Big 10, what are you doing? Two biggest upsets so far. And then Texas Tech will face off against Arkansas um, in the round of 32, and then Florida against Oral Roberts. Another side of the bracket that's been completed, the Midwest region. First of all, these regions don't matter. All the games are happening in Indiana, for those who don't know. The entire tournament's taking place in the state of Indiana, so just you know, the regions for strictly the bracket purposes. But uh, Illinois moves on, the one seed. They'll face off against a fellow Illinois University in Loyola College, uh, that 1A matchup. And then another upset, another, tw- another double-digit seed. Oregon State, the whopping Tennessee. I thought Tennessee was going to do something. I like Rick Barnes as a coach, but what do they do? They get spanked. And Oregon State, shout out to them. <laughs> they were picked to finish dead last in the Pac-12. Of the coaches' votes at the start of the season, picked pick to finish dead last. And what do they do? They win their conference tournament. Or they come within a game. I think they came within a game of the conference tournament, got shoot in. And then, boom, look at them already winning a first-round matchup. And they'll go up against Oklahoma State. Um, Syracuse, another double-digit seed getting a victory over San Diego State, that 11-6 matchup. And they whoop San Diego State. They look very good. They'll go up against West Virginia. And then Rutgers, another 10-7 upset. They beat Clemson. They'll go up against Houston. Now, Houston is going to be dangerous. They are a really, really good team. So, for those two particular sides in my bracket, which has been atrocious, so I take what I say about college basketball with a grain of salt, but I got, in the South, I got Baylor going up against Arkansas in the Elite Eight, and then I got Illinois against Houston in the Elite Eight. And then the matchup in the Final Four for that side of the bracket will be Baylor against Illinois. On the other side, still got some games to go. You know, Gonzaga hasn't played. Creighton's moving on. They look to play the winner of Virginia versus Ohio. Um, USC, they beat Drake earlier today. They'll go up against Kansas, who beat Eastern Washington. Oregon, they're already moving on because VCU. So this is something that needs to be noted, which I didn't realize that this already happened. VCU, COVID problems, um, they gone from the tournament. So if you have COVID issues and you can't play the game, you forfeit. It's a forfeit, and that team automatically moves on. So fingers crossed that this is the only game where COVID is a concern because you don't want the national championship to be decided because of a stupid virus. So Oregon, they move on because VCU automatically booted. And then, like I said, Iowa at the half is beating Grand Canyon. Um, Iowa's going to move on, so they'll go up against Oregon. That's in the west region. And then in the east, Michigan, they beat Texas Southern. They move on. LSU, they won their matchup, so they'll face off that 1-8 matchup in the round of 32. Colorado put the whooping 
on Georgetown. Right when you thought Georgetown was going to make a little noise, that you know they won their conference tournament, everyone liked Patrick Ewan coaching these boys up, thought they were going to do a little something, something. They're what Oregon, Oregon State is what everyone thought Georgetown was going to be. Get that first round upset. What do they do? Colorado puts the whooping on them. <laughs> puts the whooping on them. <laughs> 96 to 73. They'll face Colorado, that is, will face Florida State, another very solid team. That's going to be a fun matchup right there. And then still later tonight, here on this March 20th, we got BYU going up against UCLA and then Texas against uh, Albin Christian. Whoever that is, and uh, so, and then uh, Alabama—they're moving on. They'll face the winner of UConn versus Maryland, and the the tournament's been fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been—it's—I'm excited for what's to come with it, crowning that national champion. But on that side, who I got advancing again? My bracket's been terrible, so it's not like I know what I'm talking about. But for the Elite Eight matchup, I got Michigan. Going up against Alabama, the one-two seed. Doubt that's going to pan out. And then on the other side, yeah, Gonzaga against Iowa in the West for my Elite Eight matchup. And I got Gonzaga moving on, and I got Alabama beating Michigan and Gonzaga going up against Alabama in the Final Four. And then for my national championship, with Gonzaga playing Alabama, Baylor playing Illinois, I got Gonzaga beating Alabama, and I got Illinois beating Baylor, which leads to our national championship of Gonzaga versus Illinois. And I'm going to pick it their first one in school history. Gonzaga is going to win the Natty. They're undefeated. They're going to be the only other school to ever go undefeated in college basketball history and win a national championship. And that's how you know they're not going to win. So (laughs) let the madness continue because it's been fun. But with college basketball, that leads me to my unpopular opinion. Back-to-back college sports related, I know. But it needs to be said. It needs to be said. Really, this isn't an unpopular opinion, no. This is just more news that needs to be brought to your attention by yours truly. For those who haven't seen on social media what's making the rounds as it relates to sports, has got to be this women's college basketball tournament. Uh, the tournament hasn't started yet, but the way these women are being treated is absolutely unacceptable, which leads me to say that the NCAA is the worst sports organization that there is. As far as overlooking, overseeing a league and being in charge, they are are the worst. So with this women's basketball tournament, there was an Oregon Duck women's basketball player. I I don't have the name uh, right in front of me, but a couple people have exposed what's been going on at the tournament. So it's taking place in uh, San Antonio, and (laughs) it's an embarrassment. The NCAA should be embarrassed. If you haven't seen already, first of all, the weight room that they were given was absolutely disrespectful. They were given yoga mats and free weights. <laughs> like hotel gyms are better than what they got. It was absolutely terrible not giving these women the acu- uh, adequate equipment that they needed. And not only that, the compared to the men's weight room, wow. I mean, the men's weight room looks like what you would expect a professional organization to have. 
that, that's what you would expect. So, and it wasn't just the weight room that the ladies got gypped out on. Meals. The men are getting buffet style. They're getting steaks, rice, potatoes, all the, the works. Getting the good, good. What are the ladies getting? Packaged meals with, ugh, what just looked dreadful. Mashed potatoes and veggies. I mean, you got to let these people eat. I mean, my goodness. So, whew. That was another embarrassing mark. And then the the gear bags that they got. So um, both they all got gear. All the college athletes who are participating in the March Madness tournaments in both the men and women's got gift bags. And the women in their bag, they got a, a obviously they got the bag. It's like a little drawstring bag. They also got a towel, an umbrella, <laughs> and a couple water bottles. What did the men get? Oh, they got books. They got beach towels. They got sweatshirts. They got cleaning uh, toiletries. They got everything. Uh, they got books. They got sweatshirts. Uh, you name it. They got sweatpants. The men, they just went all out on these gift bags for the men, and the women just get gypped. I mean, you want to talk about Title Nine <laughs> Coming in hot with the Title Nine, huh? I thought it was equality for all. And it's so funny to me that the NCAA, they put these courts together. They have equality on the side of them as you're watching these games. Look for, look for it. It's, I've seen them. They say unity, equality. There's been a couple other ones that I can't remember, but it's like equality. And you're like, wow, you don't even, know, you don't even want equality. You don't even dish out equality amongst your organization. <laughs> Embarrassing. Now, I will say the NCAA was called out on their bullshit, and they've responded a little bit. They, they've improved the weight room, you know, giving it more equipment and whatnot. They're looking into improving the meal situation, which what is what they're going to do. But, wow, to completely j- just disrespect the women's basketball players at this time? In the state of where our society stands today, where outrage is sitting around the corner, you go along and do something that actually should be discussed. It's embarrassing, NCAA. It's absolutely embarrassing. It's why why they're the worst organization in all of sports. The absolute worst. If you like the NCAA and think what they're doing is acceptable and that they're doing these student-athletes and universities a service by all their rules, regulations, and laws, and everything that they're doing, uh, I, I honestly think you're smooth brain. Uh, you must have an IQ of negative. It, not even on the charts stupidity if you believe the NCAA is doing an adequate job. They're a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. They abuse these college students they don't even give them fair and equal treatment across the board, which is something that needs to be preached now. How that already hasn't been installed amongst these organizations is ridiculous, but wow. Wow. It's just my goodness. <laughs> my, my goodness, how the NCAA can drop the ball this hard uh, for women's basketball is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane to me. Disgraceful NCAA. Absolutely disgraceful. They need to disband the NCAA. This organization does not get it done. 
the universities need to step together and form their own organization that oversees college athletics. No more of the NCAA. We need to abolish it. We need to get rid of it. It's an absolute joke. It, all they care about is money. All they care about is money. And they'll cut corners whatever way they can. And if that's cutting funds for the women's basketball tournament, they'll do it. It's a disgrace. All they care about is making money and abusing these college athletes. It's called slave labor is what they're doing. They're not getting paid for their services, yet they're working full-time jobs. Actually, two full-time jobs since they're being students, too. Since NCAA, it's got to, it's got to change. It needs to go. It needs to go. And if someone can come on here and tell me that the NCAA, I, will, I invite everyone, every supporter of the NCAA, the president of the NCAA, I'm sure you're listening because I know your name. I actually don't because you're an imbecile and you should lose your job. But any NCAA official, if you want to come on here and explain why you're a great organization and you guys are doing a justice for these kids, I, <laughs> I'll have you on and let you plead your case because I think you're full of shit and you wouldn't tell me anything worthwhile or acceptable. And that's the end of episode 51 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Uh, no more month-long hiatuses, people. No more excuses. It's time to play like a champion today. Okay? We're doing it. More episodes to come. Stay tuned. I promise you won't have to wait months on end to listen to my beautiful voice serenade you to what's going on in the sports world today so with that stay tuned stay locked more content to come we're revamping the social media pages and i got some i got some exciting things coming in the future we've been game planning we've been mapping things out we're gonna make things happen and you guys are gonna be excited for what's to come so stay tuned because hang time with Helgi is about to expand all right i'm out Peace.